Welcome to Double Deuce. It's Double Deuce Podcast. With Will and Nelson. I'm Nelson. And I'm Will. And this is the Double Deuce Podcast. It's 22 minutes of podcast. Listen to it. You got time for 22 minutes? Yeah. Double Deuce. Today's episode of Double Deuce is brought to you by Frank's North Star Tavern. Frank's is the easiest way to create beautiful drunkenness with your friends, alone, and during great live entertainment. Frank's features an elegant bar space, beautiful servers, and incredible alcohol support. Try Frank's at Frank's North Star Tavern in North Lawrence, Kansas, and use offer code DOUBLEDEUCE at checkout for a free high five from Frank. Frank's, get drunk beautiful. Double Deuce. Welcome to Double Deuce. 28? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been uh, a week since 27. Yeah. Or 10 minutes, depending yeah. on... If even. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got a special guest. We do. Nick Spacek. Hi. Spacek. Welcome, Nick. Yes. Hi. So, uh, this is the Double Deuce podcast that is based on Roadhouse, and we talk about bouncing and, like, my experience as a door guy, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, let's talk about your experience as a door guy. I great... Plains Bread Company is, is that a Great Harvest? Yeah, yeah, if we're saying Great Harvest, that's yeah. my job that You're pays the my mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've noticed you standing outside there. The lines get pretty crazy. <laughs> Have you? How, what, what's the What's the biggest hippie you've had to kick out of there? Uh, there have been like rather large hippies, but usually they're smaller, and it's more the tenacity really than mm-hmm. anything else. You know, people like trying to sneak that extra hunk of free bread. Yeah, exactly. Just like (laughs) putting a fake mustache on and getting back in line. You know, the things people will do for one extra poppy seed. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's the butter. (laughs) It's the butter. It's real butter. Like, I mean, it just keeps bringing people back. And sadly, that's not a joke. Uh, (laughs) Uh, So, Nick, we we, we don't really have much planned. We were just saying that we we don't have a a whole lot planned, but. you do music reviews. I do, and uh, you do, uh, and you like old movies. I do, and you have a podcast. I do. Do you want to plug it now or later? Uh, let's plug it now because otherwise I'll probably forget. Uh, it is called From and Inspired By. I talk about movie soundtracks, ideally with the people who make them. You can find it at fromaninspiredby.com, and you can find it on the Twitter at frominspiredpod. Nice. Right. We we'll probably can put a link to it. I'm imagining somehow. Yeah, if probably we get somehow. around to it. Yeah, yeah. we'll try. Yeah. Okay. If we, if we don't, you know, then you just said it. So, uh, but no, it's good. It's a good podcast. Uh, I've listened to it. Uh, Yay! That's yeah. two. <laughs> it is. It's, 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 it's I'm friendly. sorry to admit I haven't yet, but I will. <laughs> um, but uh, so, so have you enjoyed doing it? I mean, it's kind of a yeah. cool. I, I like the conceit. I like the. Yeah. You get to talk to some pretty obscure, but. Really interesting people. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's a like basically, I look at any time I get to interview somebody as just like a chance to using something as an excuse to harass people about the stuff I like. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's nice to have an end to be like, oh, you wouldn't normally have reason to talk to me, but I have a podcast, um, <laughs> which is which is like the reason to harass anybody for anything. It, it is a good yeah. calling card for yeah. a lot of odd situations where you wouldn't otherwise be able to. Like uh, Jason Barr got Barry Crimmins to right. come talk on his mm-hmm. podcast, uh, which is kind of awesome. We need to try to get him when he's in town to come, true. come talk with us. But anyway, uh, so now you like like really, really, really bad movies. I like really, really bad movies. It's funny because I used to be like a movie snob. Right. Like, I used to be, like, the person who would, like, watch all of the Oscar nominees every year and, mm-hmm. like, have serious opinions on them. And now if I watch, like, maybe one, it's more an outlier I used and to a do coincidence that a lot myself, yeah. It was kind of the same. Well, because I worked at the movie theater forever, and there was a definite time of, like, I was screening a lot of stuff, so then yeah. I took... 
I was trying to go out of my way to see a lot of stuff, and then I stopped screening stuff, and I stopped working at the theater, and now, yeah, I hardly get out anymore to see movies. Like, this last Oscars, I, I didn't, I meant to watch it for Chris Rock, but I didn't get around to it, because I think there was, like, one movie that was nominated I had seen, and I was just like, ah, that's not, it's hardly worth my time. <laughs> yeah, anymore, I'm just, like, there are so many, I, I guess that's sort of the, the best part, is that there are so many, like, bad old movies that right. I could never track down that are now mm-hmm. getting, like, these deluxe Blu-ray releases that I'm just like, well, I could go out or I could just watch this. Yeah. Or, alternately, do things like go to the movie theater to see bad old movies yeah. right. because I've never right. seen them on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that's, and that's pretty that's pretty amazing. I mean, I, I feel like there's not a... Like some of the stories of some of those old studios uh, are just are, are pretty pretty fantastic, and I, I don't know who the modern equivalents are. It seems like there's a strong indie film sort of scene, so I'm sure you can get a lot of new bad movies through yeah. the indie scene. Uh, but there's no there's no canon films, there's no trauma films. There's well, no, there's still trauma. Well, there's still trauma. Yeah, okay, yeah. but but they're like, more a distributor now than they are making any actual movies. Like maybe. A one a year as opposed to like what they used to churn out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of a, it's like is it because it's become so uh, accessible to make your own film that that somehow some of that like some of the, the the joy of the craptacular indie films that were happening back in the day seems to have gotten a little lost. I think. Yeah, it's it seems like all of the places anymore that are putting out movies like that level are more like what Troma does now, which is like. Distribute. You've got like places like Magnetic, who do like the VHS and ABCs of Death type movies, and you've got like Dark Sky, who have done some good stuff. But like both of those places mainly like pick up films that have already been made mm-hmm. and put them out, rather than like financing like new directors, which I think is kind of like the model now. I guess yeah. where nobody gets any money to do anything up front. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, it's, it's interesting. A friend of ours. Uh, just came through last year with her her film that she independent film that she made and granted it wasn't not in the horror genre but it was a, it was a, a comedy about a dog which is almost a horror film <laughs> uh, and uh, and and yeah she she said that the the scene is so completely different that the you know the making a movie is no longer like it used to be that like that that was the ultimate goal and now the making of the movie is not the ultimate goal it's the what you're putting that movie together in order to further the next one, or yeah. or try to try to sub brand, um, and it's a really different, and it's like the rules of how to get on Amazon Prime or Netflix and get the best spot, uh, like they do them alphabetically. So that, you know the, the ranking of your name, you want to think Ooh. about your name of your 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 your, your movie uh, in order to try to get more views. It's just, it sounds like a totally different world than it used to be. I feel like, like you're saying too, there's all these, so many distribution, but like, I feel like it used to be that, especially in the up and coming indie world, there was like still a handful of studios. Most of them were still more major, but it was like still expensive to make a movie. And now you can effectively make a movie for really cheap. So I feel like there's a shitload being made and that now there's so many lower tier houses that are just distributing and yeah it, it's fucking exploded but in weird directions and all yeah. the streaming so many movies well it's like it, that's what it is with everything mm-hmm. like uh there there's so much music because it's anybody true. can make an album put it on Bandcamp. yeah anybody can shoot themselves doing stand-up comedy routines in their basement and put it on youtube like 
I they keep talking like I guess the next big thing isn't so much like production, but it's going to be like curation. Like that's the that's mm-hmm. it's going to be like that's the reason like something like beats music is so big is that you've got people who are like digging through everything, and you get people you trust who are like, okay, we went through the 400 albums that went up on Bandcamp today. Here's two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that totally, that, that makes sense. That makes sense because... God, that sounds exhausting. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, you guys, yeah, just just trying to get through yeah, some, some time on YouTube can be really, really frustrating. And then you you, you got the, the one friend who's like, oh no, this is the funniest cat video, or here's the most hilarious crossover between Sesame Street and gangster rap. Uh, and and you end up trusting those people just because otherwise you'd spend a whole you know year trying to figure to find one or two videos. And you follow like a couple of pe- you like if you subscribe to like a couple of channels on YouTube, like the next thing you're like, oh, this way I'll find out like when PBS Idea Channel drops their new video, and then you watch it, and then you're like, oh, well they recommend this. Oh, that sounds cool. And the next thing you know, you're like, I I can't keep up with this now. <laughs> Uh, an ending torrent of, of product coming at you. And it all sounds, it's all stuff you want to watch or mm-hmm. listen to or whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, like, we literally have uh, tens of subscribers. Yes. And, and, and you know, so so it's like, I, we, I feel like, you know, we're part of that problem, you know, not part of the solution. But, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, it is, it's, it's a content driven, uh, making the content free is a fantastic uh, democratic process, but yeah, then you need someone eventually to, to sift through that uh, in the same way that you know you got like the, the people who in India who sift through all the recycling that no one else <laughs> in the world wants. It's like this is uh, you got to have those folks as they be like, oh no, this is actually valuable. Um, that, I, that was that was a strange route to go down. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> like, I just have this picture of a very small wizened woman like digging through and pulling out like just like. That thing where it's just like a string of copper wire. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like, oh no, this is something we need. Well, and 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 and, and the, the the rarest gem is that 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 wizened woman who's not bought or paid or sold by a corporation. You know, that's not that doesn't have a vested interest in telling you why. Uh, you know why this is cool. That just thinks this is cool. You know, uh, the, the lady who just loves copper wire. To you, to carry the analogy to its dreadful, <laughs> dreadful conclusion. Um, so yeah, it's 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 it's, it's tough. I'm glad we had that talk. Yeah. I do feel like it's an interesting because there's so many people too that that industry of people that talking about the things that the the huge ocean of things that are being made. Then there's the large swath of people. Also, not getting paid to talk about those things that are getting made, and at the same time, there's some of them who are kind of bought and paid for by a corporation, but largely not so because if they were, you would find them more easily or they'd be more well known. But at the same time, are still getting accused of being shills for <laughs> these corporations just because of the stances they're taking, not through any evidence of how their lives are going. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't take much for like like everybody. When everybody can be a critic, everybody suddenly decides to criticize everything, and uh, makes it difficult to figure out who's who's a, who, who's a person to listen to and who's you know got a vested interest in something. Uh, it's totally changed journalism, though. I mean, you, you yeah. do you do some music journalism and you do some freelance yep. writing for the pitch. And, and I went. I, I did a thing today. I went and saw Journey last night. Oh, nice, nice. How was it? It was really 
great. They have a dude... The guy who replaced Steve Perry left, and then they got a guy to replace him. <laughs> who is a guy who is a Filipino dude who is like 5'2", and just like sleeves of tattoos. <laughs> and he's like doing kicks and jumping and running all over the stage. It's, it's like the... The band cheated the devil because they got there. Like usually, it's like you get to this point, and your lead singer is like old, and he's like kind of struggling. And now they've got a dude who's like twenty years his junior, who's yeah. kicking ass and sings better than Steve Perry ever did. <laughs> and it's like they're packing arenas, and you know Steve Perry's like looking at this point at almost twenty years back, going like, I might have made a mistake. That's <laughs> like just the idea that two steps from Steve Perry is a fucking five foot two Filipino guy who's killing it. <laughs> that, that's a progression that's natural. It's, that does seem like a very American success story. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, no, he stopped believing at some point. Steve um, Perry, yeah, yeah. He I wonder believe. if they would welcome him back with open arms, though. You never know. You never know. It'd be interesting to find out. That's uh, maybe something we could tell them in the podcasters. <laughs> Would you welcome them back? Get them on. Uh, get them on the line. But uh, yeah, no, that's that's a that's a sad story, but a happy story for the Filipino guy. Yeah. yeah. Success. What was his name? Did you catch his name? I cannot remember his name. That's fair. <laughs> I, that's, the reason, that's the reason Wikipedia exists? Yeah, yeah, no, that's, 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 that's so true. Oh, man. The dinosaurs of rock. That's, that's something our generation is the first generation to ever have to deal with. Like, like, yeah. the fact that they're all just aged and decredited, like my favorite bands, punk bands from when I was a kid that were just fucking immortal are now old and sad, like Jello Biafra yeah. running around, hawking, like 80s retro 80s San Francisco causes that are meaningless to anybody but someone who lived through that time period it's just kind of it's a difficult uh, difficult time um, well that's like the reason why like this summer I'm doing for the pitch I'm doing a, a thing that I pitched when I started no, no pun intended that when I started working for them but couldn't make it work it was an idea of doing classic rock summer which is like seeing every like classic rock band that does their big like summer like tour <laughs> yeah and i was like you know what this is like it's getting to the point where like all of those bands that like would come through and get sponsored by like ky102 and play sandstone like those guys are getting to the point where it's gonna stop eventually well, how far down are you going? Because they're like bands that are like like foreigners playing like state fairs now. I'm right? not going to state fairs. I'm doing like I'm doing like anything that's in like Kansas City. So like, yeah. we went and saw the Beach Boys, and then we went and saw the Journey. We went and saw Journey and the Doobie Brothers last night. We're gonna probably go see Boston and Night Ranger and Foghat nice. next week. And so there's like all of these bands that are coming through, and I'm just like, okay, like this is like, and the idea is. Are they any good? Yeah. And thus far, pretty doing good. pretty well. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm kind of surprised. I feel yeah. like my problem, because I will see those those concerts, those shows that are happening, but it's always like, it's a little bit more money than I want to pay to go see these guys for the... That's why I'm doing it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> for, for, yeah. for the, like, there's the equal mix of maybe I enjoy them or some of their songs and the just ironic level of I'm going to see them in a show and I feel like but they're always like $20 more than I want to pay for that amount of joy I would get out of it and maybe it would end up being worth it 
but it's hard to pay that extra 20 over top of the amount I feel like I would want to pay. <laughs> well, I feel like I, I feel like I got cheated because like when I was like fresh out of high school, like I was just like, oh man, they're all dinosaurs. This is mm-hmm. bullshit. Like, you know, real music's going to take this down. I can't believe these guys are still touring. Like, that's ridiculous. And now I'm just looking at it going like, man, I would kill to be able to pay like $10 for like, you know, $10, 20 cent, you know, 102.1, you know, for lawn seats to go see Boston. You know, 20 minutes down the road, hell yeah, I'd do it. I'd be like, every weekend, it'd be like, oh, so I pay like, what, 20 bucks and we get drunk in the parking lot and then go like, sing along. As opposed to like, now 50 bucks and you're just like, ah, it's a tough sell, man. It's like 50 bucks, I don't know. Are they going to do long time? Like, I don't know. They probably are, but even then, like, but at what cost? For 50 bucks. Well, and your expectations are much higher exactly. at that price. That's the thing, point. like, yeah, they're going to have to fucking dazzle you for 50 bucks, and you're just like, are they going to <laughs> dazzle me? Well, and, I don't and, know. and, like, our generation of stadium, see, I feel like going through the grunge thing, we didn't have nearly as many, like, stadium bands, you know, it's, uh, they were just, just the big stadium crews. It's like, you know, you got, like, Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and... Uh, well, we had Nirvana, but that's yeah. the Foo Fighters, and you know, uh, and it was just it, it, apart from that, it was like like all those those college indie rock groups. They they kind of topped out at the bottleneck level, you know. They didn't. Not a lot of them went on to you know sandstone level. Even um, those reunion tours are only playing like Midland or Uptown. Like they're not yeah. playing. Like Pavement came through and they played the Uptown. Like they didn't do the reunion tour at the Sprint Center. Right. Right. So this will be interesting, the, 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 the future of stadium rock, and uh, I don't know, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, there's, okay, there's that, like, uh, whatever the hell they're calling it, the, the nickname is Old Cella, that thing that's happening in uh, October in California, where, you know, it's like the Stones and Paul McCartney and the Who and all of that, and, like, there's been a lot of discussion, it's like, okay, who's that gonna be for, like, our generation, and it's like, okay, probably you two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably the Foo Fighters, probably mm-hmm. Coldplay, maybe like Green Day's like on the cusp. Yeah, yeah. Like Green Day's like that, but they haven't put out an album in fucking for like that's been worth. They, they just have that like, <laughs> benefit of having existed for a large enough stretch of time and put out enough albums to fall kind of by default fall into that category. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they've sold enough records at this and, point. And, and they've, been, they've been at enough people, big shows. People know who they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, like I've always like my favorite game to play was like who wasn't going to be like the Rolling Stones or any of that. It's like who's going to be the Ario Speedwagon yeah. tomorrow? <laughs> uh, and I'm convinced, honestly, that it's probably going to be somebody like the Offspring. Where they've yeah, got, like, enough yeah. hits, but they were true. never, like, huge yeah. hits. They were kind of in that middle-of-the-road level of fame. Is 311 still around? Yes. I want to say, like, 311. I wouldn't put them, like, at the REO Speedwagon. Like, maybe 38 Special. Yeah. 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 Maybe yeah. that. Like the one step no, no, lower no. Of, yeah. from Speedwagon. Yeah, they're the ones opening for REO. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually saw that show. It was REO Speedwagon Sticks and 38 Special. Wow. Wow. Yeah, there's like five songs there I'd want to hear and, uh, over a course of years. Well, there's, there's ones you're not thinking about. That's yeah. what'll happen. But the problem with 38 Special is like every time you're listening to them, you're like, man, why did Ronnie have to be the Van Zandt brother that died? <laughs> it's a sad, sad, <laughs> 
Well, I think it's a noble goal, uh, and and that's very exciting. But I, uh, we did one, was one corner that we wanted to okay. get before we, we ran out of time. And now we've got very little time. Uh, we've got very little time. So so uh, this was the the uh, is the music scene in Lawrence, Kansas, dead or are we just old corner? So uh, what's your take? Or both? Because it could be both. <laughs> it could be neither. It could be uh, well, no, it can't be neither. We are old, but. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I feel like it used to be very vibrant in the '90s uh, and and the, and the 2000s, and then it's, it's sort of it's sort of become crap. But I also see big lines of the data, so I'm like, yep. where are we at? I think like once like uh, the the Beaumont and Kansas City closed, like a lot of those weird like sort of metal and like obscure hip hop acts shows came to the Granada. So like we're getting a lot more of those, and it seems like they're a lot more willing to like throw bands on it. And now that it's in Lawrence, they're more willing to throw Lawrence bands on it. So it seems like like Lawrence bands are getting a lot more opportunities than they once did. But I I see like I don't even know if it's just because I'm not like paying as much attention to it, or it's just because I'm getting older and I can't go to shows as much. Right. But it does seem like the shelf life of bands is like way shorter than it used to be. Like I yeah. can't think of bands that have like sort of like a 10 year career arc the right. way of like somebody like Ultimate Fake Book or The Creature Comforts or Paw or any yeah. of those bands had and I think that's maybe where it is the answer that's both it's like it's doing really well but like the bands are ba- like nobody's sticking around anymore it's yeah. like you get bands who are just like here they graduate from college and then they break up yeah so you get like a Maybe four years if you're lucky. Especially those ones you're talking two. about too that like are established for a while here, playing a bunch of shows, but then also gain notoriety in the region or even further. But the, the, you still like recognize that like they played like thirty shows here, and you see that you hear them on national radio and shit like right. that. Or they move to New York mm-hmm. or Austin or Chicago or yeah. you know Seattle or Portland or whatever the Lawrence diaspora. Well, it, it is. seems like there's more venues in Kansas City that are pulling. The bands that used to come to Lawrence because there was no place to play in Kansas City because yep. it was a shithole. Was there also uh, a little bit there, that back in the day of like that the laser was definitely throwing yeah. a lot of weight behind bringing bands into town? Yeah, you, now you get the buzz who brings bands, but the downside of the buzz bringing bands is that I tried to start a spreadsheet of this to see like how many times like the Arctic Monkeys have played like a buzz show. It's like it's special, but it's the Arctic Monkeys again, mm-hmm. like for like the tenth time right. that you're paying to see like a dozen other. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, I think we're, we're we're coming towards the end of this one. This so, one fast. So, was uh, the answer that both? Yes. Yes. <laughs> the answer was both. We for, are for all those keeping score at home, and, uh, and the music scene is a little de- a little better than it used to be. Uh, so we've learned that. Uh, we've we've talked a lot about. Uh, yeah. We've learned about about uh, old bands. We, we've talked about movies. We we covered yeah. uh, the gambit. There's another roller coaster. I feel like we've there. all all learned something today. I think and once again, didn't talk about soup. And we didn't <laughs> talk about soup. Fuck soup. <laughs> all right. And fuck you, sandwich bowl. Double deuce. Contact us at doubledeucepod at gmail.com is our email. Twitter at doubledeucepod. We are also on Facebook as Double Deuce Podcast. We're also on iTunes, so please uh, subscribe to us and also leave a review with some stars if you liked it. If not, uh, we've been uh, some other podcast.